Coming up on today's Locked On Big Ten, as always on Tuesday, Kevin McGuire is in with us, but today we're going to spend the whole show talking about his team, the Penn State Nittany Lions, from the losses on the field as of late to what's going on in the front office with the question marks around James Franklin. What's going on with Penn State? We're going to spend some time talking to Kevin about it right here, right now on Locked On Big Ten. <laughs> You are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening to Locked On Big Ten. It's everything you need to know about the Big Ten Conference every single day of the week. On a Tuesday, our co-host Kevin McGuire from Locked On Nittany Lions is in with us. I'm Nate Dickinson. We're going to talk about Penn State on today's show. It's, of course, our Penn State co-host in with us from the Locked On Network to talk today, but Penn State itself just has a whole lot for us to discuss. It's a weird situation with James Franklin. It's a weird situation with the season as a whole. So we'll get into all of that with Kevin here on today's show. But first, before we dive into the Nittany Lions, we will, of course, is on Tuesday, just a couple of days removed from the weekend, ask you, Kevin, about just what you thought from over the weekend in the Big Ten, starting with the biggest game, arguably, of that weekend. Eh, maybe, maybe not. There were a couple of big games in the Big Ten, but it was one of the more marquee games. Penn State hosted Michigan, and it was a game that was close throughout. You could easily have argued Penn State could have won it. But you could have said that a lot about the Nittany Lions this season, and this turned out to be another loss, the fourth of the season. But what did you think about the performance that Penn State brought out this time around? We're seeing that uh, Penn State, once again, doesn't have an offense to go up against some of the better defenses that they're going to face this season or you know, coming down to the stretch this season. And that's been the biggest concern because they've been – all four of their losses have been really close. The biggest problem is mm-hmm. they don't have a short-down yardage offensive uh, strategy that seems to work. And that's disturbing. But, again, the story of the season for Penn State has been the lack of a running game, and that's something that – Michigan thrived on the Michigan capitalized on and Michigan was just a better team. You know, and I think that's one of the biggest takeaways you have to take from this game. You know, Penn State has had the struggles. Yes, but Michigan week in and week out has been proving that they are a legitimate force to contend with in this big 10 East. I'm not saying that they're the team to beat by any stretch of the imagination, but they are absolutely worthy of taking this thing down to the wire and getting into at least a new year six bowl game at the end of the season. I think. It's, again, yes, definitely a possibility, and we'll see how all that plays out. Uh, It was a game that was kind of just another grinded-out Big Ten matchup. We'll talk more about the Nittany Lions again later on in this show. But I did want to ask before we got into anything else, there were some other big games around the Big Ten. Minnesota played Iowa. uh, Ohio State beat up on Purdue. I, I Wanted to ask from you just any other thoughts you had from around the weekend before we dive into the Nittany Lions, a conversation I expect is going to take a little while, so we'll get through things quick here. Yeah, well, I think that this is another week where we just realized that Ohio State is just scary good when they want to be scary good. Uh, you know, Purdue had some chances there uh, to keep things interesting, but Ohio State just has the talent. They just have the speed that very few teams around the Big Ten are going to be able to keep up with, and that was obviously the case I think it's Purdue, and I think that that'll be what carries Ohio State to a a Big Ten championship run here once again, and very possibly a spot back in the college football playoff. 
Uh, the Big Ten West, I know we've been talking about that the last few weeks as that race has really uh, become really fascinating with uh, four teams vying for it. Obviously, we saw a little bit of separation, perhaps, but you know, it's still a division that's kind of up for grabs. I still think it comes yeah. down to Wisconsin and Iowa, and I, I still think that Wisconsin is going to be the team that emerges out of this division. And you know, the, I have changed my opinion on how this Big Ten West is going to go. I think a couple times now because I started off the year thinking Wisconsin was the team to beat. Eventually, I went to Iowa, and I'm back on the Wisconsin bandwagon here. Yeah, that West is going to be really fun to watch. East is going to be really fun to watch, too. It's all going to be really fun to watch as we get down through the last few weeks here of the Big Ten season. But we'll get to all of that, of course, as it comes. We've got more to talk about with Kevin about Penn State here in just a second. They'll be kind of how we focus in on here on the show. But first, Kevin, it's it's Tuesday, so college football playoff rankings are coming out, but I, I don't think we expect anything really major to shake up at the very tip top Oklahoma lost so it's like going to be better for Cincinnati they got one last thing to worry about as long as they stay undefeated but it's still I don't think really any big changes yeah Cincinnati is probably still obviously going to be on the outside looking in of that top yeah. four there should be no changes I think within the top four uh, I think if you're Cincinnati you're really pulling for Georgia right now because you got to hope that Georgia finds a way to hand Alabama a second loss and get Alabama out of the picture because can't imagine the committee is going to put in a two loss Alabama ahead of a undefeated Cincinnati. Although who knows what's going to happen with the selection committee, but yeah, top four, I don't see any reason to suspect that any changes are going to happen there. And even though Cincinnati is ahead of Oklahoma, you still had to wonder uh, if Oklahoma was able to run the table, would they eventually move ahead of Cincinnati? I happen to think that the committee would eventually have done that. However, we don't have to worry about that right now. Uh, so th that's good news for Cincinnati, although you still got Oklahoma State out there. So just, you know, there are still some teams that Cincinnati needs to be looking out for. As far as the Big Ten's concerned, though, you know, Ohio State certainly still looks like the best chance to get a team into the playoff. But just mentioned Michigan. Uh, Michigan is very much in the conversation as well as they should be, I think, at this point. And, you know, Michigan State still there, too. A big weekend up here. So, you know, don't, let's not totally dismiss Michigan State just yet, even though they lost a couple of weeks ago. Uh, those three teams are all on the playoff radar as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I, it's not going to be a lot of change, but it's Tuesday. So we'll at least get over and make sure we mention that ranking that's coming up. But nothing's going to change, really, at least we don't think. No. Coming up in just a minute, we'll talk more with Kevin about Penn State, a team that's 6-4 and four right now, a team that has a whole lot of questions around its coaching situation. We'll, we'll talk about where things are at with the Nittany Lions with Kevin in just a minute. It, it's one of the more interesting situations in the Big Ten. You're listening in here to Locked On Big Ten. This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on the backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. This could be how you're running your business. Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software. To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Over 27 
thousand businesses already use NetSuite, and right now through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA. Head to netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA. Well, if you've been listening into Locked On Big Ten for the last few weeks, you've already known that Prize Picks is our new place to go for daily fantasy sports because it helps you out if you're a big college football fan. If you're a fan of the college sports, you might know that if you're trying to play daily fantasy, it can be kind of hard to find sites that'll provide you those players and lines for you to work with. But at Prize Picks, you go to their website or download the app, make an account, and then you pick players with lines on where they're going to end up at the end of their games this week. You end up putting a bunch of those picks together, and if all of them hit, you can end up winning a whole bunch of money. It's really easy and a new way for you to play daily fantasy sports. So head on over to prizepicks.com right now and check it out. And if you end up using the service, trying it out, be sure again to use our promo code locked on. Again, head to prizepicks.com, make your account, use our promo code locked on, or go to the app store and download the app today. Prizepicks is daily fantasy made easy. Back in on Locked On Big Ten, alongside our Tuesday co-host, Kevin McGuire, I'm Nate Dickinson. We're talking about the Penn State Nittany Lions here on the show today because it's a team right now that at one point was a huge college football playoff contender, has since fallen out of the top 25, now sits at six and four. And after the not only this season, but run of a couple few seasons that Penn State has had, it's a bit of a head scratcher to try and figure out where this team's at. Let's start, though, in 2021, though, Kevin, as we start this conversation. Teams at six and four right now, we mentioned, was way up and has since gone way down. Where is this program at in what it's saying about what this season has been? Where is the fan base at with what this season has been? Give us the vibe right now over there with the Nittany Lions. I think it's a big difference in vibe between what's going on inside the locker room and what's going on with the fan base. The fan base is going to be much more critical, much more negative, Uh, maybe not in general, but there's a consensus out there that is pretty upset with the way that this season has devolved at this point. Like you mentioned uh, in September, it's looking like Penn state has a very good chance to make a run for a potential big 10 championship. And now they need one win just to stay above 500 for the year. And fortunately, Rutgers is coming into town this weekend, although who knows what's going to happen because this offense has kind of fallen off the tracks a little bit. They still have big explosive plays, but uh, there's still some concern about the consistency of the offense. And that's, I think, has been one of the bigger disappointments because I, I do think that the injury to Sean Clifford while back against Iowa, I think that that still has some kind of lingering impact. And obviously, he's got no offensive line in front of him. So, Yeah, I don't think that this is a team that is packing in the bags by any stretch of the imagination. You know, they've got four losses, but they're all close games. So take for whatever you will out of that. I do think, though, that this is a team that's not giving up. They've had leads in fourth quarters of all four of those losses. Uh, You do have to find a way to finish those games. and, And maybe that's a little bit of an issue that James Franklin has to worry about with his program. But you know, this is a team that is going to fight. You know, they had no reason to be in the game against Michigan uh, the way that things were going because Michigan was the better team. Yeah, the Penn State got 
uh, some big opportunities early on, wasn't able to capitalize on them, and uh, maybe shot themselves in the foot a little bit too. But uh, that was a sign that this is a team that is willing to take a couple chances, feels confident in doing that. Didn't work out for them, but I, I still kind of like the way that they approached the game by attacking it the way they felt they needed to do. Now, whether or not that was the right decision, I don't know, but I, I just feel as though this is a team that's not going to quit. So they've got two weeks left, one home game against Rutgers. I fully anticipate that they'll play a good enough game to get out of that one with win. And I think they put up a good fight on the road in a couple of weeks against Michigan State. You know, we'll see what, what Michigan State's playing for in that game. But uh, I, I don't I don't think that Penn State's going to get run over by any stretch of the imagination. They may not have an offense, but they're going to keep things interesting. Is that what if keeping things afloat a bit? just kind of all around the idea that Sean Clifford hasn't been healthy. This team hasn't been losing by a lot to good teams. How much has that helped the blow of all this? It really depends on who you ask. But again, I just feel as though I think when you look at what has happened this season, when Sean Clifford has been healthy, this is a much better team. And I think, you know, against Michigan, when he gets sacked seven times because the offensive line doesn't have any way to slow down a really good defensive front, it's going to, it's going to come back to haunt you a little bit. So even if he was healthy going into that game, he's, he's not going to be feeling good coming out of the game. And I just feel as though you take a look and see so much talent and potential on so many uh, different positions on this team. The defense has been really good. There's no questions about the defense all season long. The defense has been there. They've given up some big plays and big moments, unfortunately against Iowa and this past weekend against Michigan, but overall, nobody's going to have a complaint about the defense. Uh, the offense has been kind of streaky at times. So, like I said, it all hinges on whether or not Sean Clifford has been healthy. So I, I think that there is some positive to be taken from what you've seen out of this offense when you've got your healthy quarterback and your starting quarterback who has all the experience. Then again, when he's not there, uh, we've seen the lack of depth at the position is very alarming. Uh, so that's why it's a little bit of a question mark going into 2022 and really just the last couple of weeks here. Yeah, we'll get bigger picture in a second. But before we jump there, Kevin, where is the goal right now for this season? You had to kind of take a really steep slide down from national contender to New Year's Six Bowl to, to what? What is it now? Uh, I still think that they're going to shoot for eight wins. I don't think that there's any reason to suspect that they yeah. couldn't win eight games. Uh, like I said, I, I do anticipate they'll win this weekend against Rutgers. And then going on the road, I want to see what they do against Michigan State because while they haven't won the big games, they've been in them. And like I said, they've they've had leads in a bunch of these games that they've lost. So uh, I don't think that Michigan State's going to run over them, although who knows? It really is a season where it's kind of hard to judge where exactly your bar of success is now uh, that you're kind of adjusting and moving the goalpost, as you will, uh, with two weeks left in the season. Uh, I don't think anyone's going to look at the season as a whole and view this as the kind of success that I think is what is acceptable at Penn State. You know, the last time they played in a bowl game a couple seasons ago, it was in the Cotton Bowl. They were celebrating a Cotton Bowl victory, and now uh, they could be going to the Music City Bowl or the Pinstripe Bowl. It's a it's a much lower expectation at this point in the season, especially like you said, uh, as we've said before, it looked like this is going to be a team that could compete for a Big Ten championship. Finishing in fourth place in the Big Ten East is a far cry from that. 
Well, when it comes to sports betting online, Bet Online is back and better than ever with a new interface website for you to look at. So everything's pretty when you get out there, but also new ways for you to bet and all sorts of new kinds of props, parlays, everything that you could imagine over at the site. Head on over to betonline.ag, make an account, and when you do, be sure to use our promo code Locked On. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just again, use the promo code Locked On when you sign up to be sure to get the most bang for your buck when you head on over to betonline.ag. They've got everything that you need to know. If you hear a line on a Locked On podcast, it's coming from Bet Online. And again, Use our promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus. It's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Well, it complicates things for Penn State going forward, as you mentioned, thinking about 2022, but also just thinking about what's already pretty complicated in the front office of this football program. James Franklin has had his name all around college football coaching jobs, not just this year, but but really consistently. He's always been a, a hot name around college football since he's gotten to Penn State. Part of that because he's been so noncommittal when he's been asked about things like this. If you just were to kind of get get your feel on who James Franklin is and why he talks the way he does, when he's asked about this kind of stuff, what would you say about the guy? I don't think he says anything by accident. I think everything he does say has some kind of logic and strategy behind it. Now, guessing exactly what that strategy is, that could be open to interpretation. But the way that I view James Franklin is he's going to say things the way he feels are the right things to say in various situations. He's not going to back himself into a corner He is going to find ways to say things that will please fans and donors and boosters in in one room, but in a media conference setting, he's not going to get pinned into any specific uh, stance, I think, by uh, the questions that are being hurled at him. So when you're talking about his interests or his his role in different coaching searches out there, I think he's a smart businessman in this point where he says that, you know, while fans would love to hear him say, I'm not leaving Penn State, I'm going to be Penn State's head coach, or depending on the which Penn State fan you talk to, maybe they don't want him to say that. Uh, but I just feel as though he's not going to come out and say that kind of thing. He's going to say uh, whatever's going to leave the door open for opportunity for a- another financial incentive. And I think that that's the business strategy behind all the things he says when talking about the coaching searches. Um, I think he understands that it would be unwise for him to say, yeah, I'm interested in the USC job. I'm going to see what the LSU job has to offer. I I think he's being pretty thoughtful in how he's uh, delivering his message on this. And really more so in this round of the coaching carousel, he's kind of shying away from any statement whatsoever. He's not really talking about it at all. So uh, you know, maybe that's a, a new strategy because he's had to go through this a couple of times. Maybe he's just tired of answering the question one way or the other and having it still come back to bite him one, no matter what happens. But I, I guess just isn't saying the right thing, the right move. Like people say that they're going to stay all the time and then end up leaving. Yeah, people don't like it, but it doesn't end up hurting coaches at the end. Nobody ends up remembering coaches move, go on to do whatever they're going to do at their next schools. It, it's not anything huge like that, really. And James Franklin, if he's being a businessman, I mean, you want to present yourself as someone who's going to support the school at wherever you are currently at as a head coach, right? I mean, at least that's the common thinking. I, I don't know. It's just not the 
kind of stuff that adds up him talking the way that he is for uh, again i don't know i don't know if it means that that means he's going or staying or anything like that he, he would never obviously reveal that kind of part to his hand but it's just it, it confuses me the way that he's done it before but again if he's being more quiet about it now maybe that means there's going to be some sort of different result now um is now the time for him to go is now the time where if he were going to leave Penn State and try to find another job, it seems like this is kind of that meeting point where he's not having the kind of success that really would draw him to stay. And at the same time, if he waits longer, the jobs that are rumored to be there now may not be there. Yeah, it's true. And I think I was talking about this on a radio interview earlier today, actually kind of addressing the same conversation Penn State is not going to cut ties with James Franklin. If James Franklin is not the head coach at Penn State in 2022, it's going to be because he made the decision to go elsewhere. So where is he going to go? Obviously, the USC job, the LSU job, those are the two that have been most out there pretty much as long as those jobs have been open or even more so before they've been open. And it would not surprise me in the slightest if James Franklin were to entertain an opportunity to go to either of those schools, maybe more so USC than LSU. I just don't feel like LSU is a good fit for James Franklin. USC, I think he would crush it right away. Uh, but how interested are those schools in him right now, given what has happened with Penn State season? You know, one game under 520. Uh, could potentially be maybe one game over 500 or at 500 uh, this current season. So his, his stock may be falling a little bit and maybe that drops him on the, the job searching radar for those programs. I don't know, but how often do these jobs come open? You know, this is where you have to get into head of James Franklin and really there's only two people that probably know exactly what he's thinking. That's James Franklin and his wife, because I can't imagine, or, or I'm sorry, and his agent, I should say. So maybe three people. Uh, so there's probably only three people that really know what James Franklin ultimately wants. Maybe he wants to stay at Penn State. Maybe, maybe he feels like he's in a really good spot. And, you know, honestly, I don't think I'm being biased in there, but I do think he is in a good position. I think Penn State is maybe not the ultimate college football job, but it is a destination job. So how many jobs do you leave Penn State to go pursue? I don't think that there are too many. I think USC could potentially be one of them. Uh, there may be another job in the SEC that could be opening up, maybe in Gainesville, Florida, that might be a little bit interesting to have a conversation about should that uh, open up. But I, I just feel as though my gut instinct is James Franklin is going to be the head coach at Penn State in 2022. I'm sure we'll go through this whole carousel circus madness once again in the middle of 2022 or 23, uh, because it's not going to go away because he will not shut down the rumor mill. So, you know, what does James Franklin want? I don't know. And I think that that's what's frustrating a lot of people that are watching this from the outside and watching it within the Penn State fan base. Nobody really knows what he wants. Uh, Kevin, before we just let you go and let this conversation go remind everyone why is it that james franklin is such a popular guy out there in this coaching carousel whenever it comes around i, I mean big 10 fans i'm sure are, are thinking at least in parts of their head this guy has not won all that much compared to some other coaches he has not won a whole lot compared to other coaches but i will say this the guy knows how to recruit yeah, he has assembled some really good, talented players at Penn State. Now, developing the talented players, 
might be a kind of a hit or miss situation that's worth the examination, but he can recruit the talent. He can go into a, a kid's room, or a living room, and you know, kind of win over the parents, win over the grandparents, win over the entire family. He knows how to, to sell a message in a recruiting room. And that's why Penn State is on track to bring in one of its best recruiting classes it has ever brought in uh, at Penn State. So in the class of 2022. So um, you know, he knows how to bring in town to players. He also knows how to win football games. I know it's kind of a you know, weird time to say that seeing as they've lost four of the last five, but the guy actually won games at Vanderbilt. The guy got to Vanderbilt to a bowl game. And what has Vanderbilt done since James Franklin left? Absolutely nothing. And you know, when he came to Penn State, let's remember the situation that Penn State was in right now. You know, they were still, they actually, they were in the middle of their sanctions uh, from the, the whole scandal and everything. I don't want to get too much into that, but he inherited a program that was on scholarship restrictions, uh, a postseason ban. You know, it was, it was a dead, it was, a, it was a, not a dead program, but it was a bad time for the Penn State football program. We'll just leave it at that. And obviously quickly uh, the sanctions were lifted. So he was able to get them to a bowl game. And just within a couple of years, he had them playing for a Big Ten championship, winning the Big Ten championship. And the next couple of years after that were actually really good seasons, maybe not Big Ten or college football playoff caliber, but you know that was a good run of Penn State football for those you know, four or five years uh, where they were going to New Year's Six bowl games in you know, what three of the four seasons it was before the pandemic shut everything down. So he had a good run. Now, and I'm very curious to see if he'd be capable of doing that again. I think he would be able to do that again at a power program like USC or LSU or Florida, you know, one of those kinds of programs, I have no doubt that he would be able to rise that program to at least that level. Yep. It's always a good reminder to everyone that, that the success has been there, but a a good point made by you too. I think I made this point last when uh, it was Jimbo Fisher moving from Florida state to A&M. It's even if you're a great coach, who's been doing it for years and years and years, doesn't mean you can do it twice, but we'll see. It's <laughs> That's true. something that will be, of course, monitored closely as this season wraps up. And I'm sure it's not the last time we talked to Kevin McGuire about it. Locked on Nittany Lions, I'm sure we'll be talking more about it Monday through Friday on the program as well, covering everything you need to know about Penn State. Kevin McGuire is there hosting that show every day. Thanks for making Locked on Big Ten your first listen. Be sure to make Locked on Nittany Lions your second as soon as you're done here. Kevin, before we let you go, any else you need to let the people know about but before we get you back in next tuesday uh no it should be a pretty interesting weekend again big 10 east coming down the stretch penn state's not in it but i'm going to be watching it and uh if you want to follow any of my college football commentary you can do that on twitter at kevin on cfb there you go it's at locked on at big 10 one zero not ten and i'm at nate with sports nate dickinson with you here every day monday through friday you've been listening in here to locked on at big 10